On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we are going to be introducing a new segment called Pick of the Week. This segment is Suzanne-inspired and approved. We are also going to be talking about all the struggles that happened before going on our recent vacation. I wonder how that all plays out. Tune in to find out. Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to Orange Juice Optional. I am Michelle, and today I am coming to you from chilly Arizona. <laughs> but not, <laughs> yeah, not really chilly. Chilly in comparison to what the temperature was in South America, right? Exactly. And in all honesty, today's the first day here in Scottsdale that it's chilly. I mean, the last five days have been perfect. 75 to 80 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, gorgeous. Today, I, eh, not so much. I would agree with that. I did hear on the news that we were close to, if not having broken a record for temperature in Arizona. I know Havasu's been beautiful also. Yesterday, I woke up to this amazing sunrise, and then it got cloudy, and then it rained, but I kind of welcomed it. I like a good rain. Yeah, I know. I went to sleep with rain last night, but it's all relative because currently in Anchorage, Alaska, where both of our husbands are, it's 15 below zero. Yeah, that was a rude awakening back into the real world after vacation, minus 15. Yeah, definitely. And I feel bad saying like, oh, it's raining here. My dogs don't want to go out when people from Anchorage are sending me pictures like, my dog just went outside for a minute to go to the bathroom and they're frozen. Yeah. Well, and I feel bad for my son's dogs who aren't that old. They're like five and seven years old. And one of them, clearly the cold is affecting his her hips because she has a bad limp and there's nothing wrong with her except probably some inflamed joints. And so she's very uncomfortable in the cold. Yeah, I don't blame her. I would be very uncomfortable in the cold and I'm so thankful that I'm not there. I, uh, I just have to too. throw that out there. Yeah, me too. It's like, it brings back bad memories of those years when it was that cold all the time. I bet it does. And I did have a little bit of a frustrating morning here, not weather related, but we have a shark, you know, like a little Roomba type vacuum. Mm -hmm. And I turned it on yesterday and didn't realize until this morning it was missing. So I had to oh. go find it. <laughs> it took me 20 minutes to find that little rascal. It had gone under a bed, which it normally doesn't uh -huh. go into the rooms because they have carpet, but I turned it on a different way than it usually goes on. So it didn't uh -huh. have its map. And yeah, that was really frustrating. I was almost late to this recording because I was searching for it. And then every time I would get down to look under the, the couch or under the table or something, the dogs would jump on me. They thought I was playing. I'm like, I'm not playing with you right now. So I'm just trying to find the vacuum. <laughs> That's so funny. Has that ever happened to you? Have I never told our podcast my Roomba story? Or oh, you have. Yes. yes. But you can retell. Okay. We have so many exterior doors for our house. And as you know, in Carefree, especially in the summer, spiders are a huge issue. And we spray religiously, but they still tend to creep in. And we have one door that spiders, somehow they get in. So my husband has put like a fly catcher strip. Along yeah, like the that top. tacky strip. The, the Yes. Okay. Yeah. To catch the spiders when they try to sneak in that door. 
Well, yep, I had my Roomba going and my Roomba tried to vacuum up that sticky, <laughs> sticky fly catcher <laughs> thing and then proceeded to spread the stickiness all over my tile floor. And this happened like two years ago. And to this day, I have not been able to remove that stickiness. And I have spots on my tile floor off that exterior door that will forever be sticky because my Roomba spread the stickiness. So do you still use a Roomba? Hell no. That was, they get one chance and then it's out. And then you it's hire out. a housekeeper to come and do the vacuuming. <laughs> exactly. That has a vacuum that she can take with her. Well, that, that makes sense. Well, I'm yeah, sorry and this is that <laughs> happened to you. And this is not the Roomba's fault. This is the just not being aware of what a Roomba is capable of doing. That's so funny. Well, with all those damaged tiles, you know, you could have your contractor pull those up and put new ones in. Right. Except that our tile has a dark stain. We have Satillo tile, which is a Mexican tile. It's beautiful. It has a dark stain on it. I know it doesn't sound beautiful when I say dark stain Satillo tile, but you can only buy it unfinished. So if my contractor did that, he'd have to pull up the tile, put down an unfinished tile, and then you'd have to stain the entire room again, because it would have to match. And the dark stain fades over time naturally. So you could never match the stain. You'd have one tile dark and the rest of it would be faded dark. I got you, but you didn't take the bait. I was trying to rile you up about your contractor and how frustrated you've been. (laughs) So I thought you were going to say something along the lines of, hell no, I'm never going to hire him again. (laughs) Well, he's kind of on my good side right now. So let's keep trending that way then. Yeah, we're going to trend that way. We're not going to talk about my contractor at this point, but enough about Okay, Roomba. yeah, so enough about Roombas and vacuums. As you can all tell, we are now currently back home after our vacation. We have so much to share with you, but before we do, while we were on vacation, Suzanne thought of a wonderful weekly segment, which maybe we'll jump into next. Sounds good to me. Okay, you remember what that segment is? <laughs> I do. Although I was trying to decide if it should be something that we do at the beginning of our episode or at the end of our episode. But my idea is based on my find of the year last year, which was my washer dryer combo. Oh, here we go again with the washer dryer combo. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I can't help that. It's life changing. But I decided that anything I find that's life changing for me is going to be my pick of the week. I'm going to have a pick of the week. And Fear not, because while we were on our cruise, I came up with like 10 picks of the week. So I at least have picks of the week for the next 10 weeks. That's really impressive. We'll probably, or just hear me out, I think that maybe we should do pick of the weeks towards the beginning of the episode, and we'll do something to sip on at the end of the episode, just kind of to keep them okay. and separate. Okay. Okay. Works for me. Well, let's move on to the pick of the week then. Okay, Suzanne, this is your moment of glory, or one of many. So (laughs) why don't you share the idea behind Pick of the Weeks? You kind of just did, I guess. But Well, I did. I did just do that. You know, it's all based on, you know, you have, Oprah used to always say, you have those aha moments. 
Well, when you come across an item that you immediately say, life-changing, this is an aha moment in the world of picks. Like, how did I ever live without this find? And I realize I get excited about certain things, but in my opinion, there are certain things in this world that need to be shared. And I, like I said, I have a long list of them. And so every week I'm going to give you one of my picks that needs to be shared that I have found in some way life-changing. Okay. And I get to share a pick also, right? If you want to. Okay. Well, I do want to because I want to be part of it. I don't want to get FOMO about never getting to share my life-changing moments, Okay, my inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. So for week one of Pick of the Week, we need to think of a more clever name. But what do you have for us, Suzanne? What is that one thing that inspired you? In honor of our recent vacation in South America... I was actually introduced to this when I was in Singapore and Tokyo last fall with my son and his family. And of course, my son introduced this to me. It is the, and I'm probably way behind the eight ball, everyone probably already knows about it, but it is the app, Google Translate. This app is life-changing. And if you're traveling somewhere where they don't speak English, Google Translate is amazing. And the example I'll give is first stop on our cruise. We were in, I don't know if it was our first stop or not, but we went into a local pub in a very, very small town. And the waitress did not speak any English whatsoever. And we tried to order Heineken beer and she had a hard time understanding what we were trying to order. So I whip out my Google Translate and in English, I type in Heineken beer and then I push the button translate to Portuguese and I show her my phone. And she's like, yes. And so then she takes my phone and she says, is this separate checks or one check? in Portuguese and translates it to English. And it was so easy to communicate with her. And she didn't speak any English and we didn't speak any Portuguese. It was quite amazing to watch. I was really inspired watching all of this because it was flawless. was flawless. And one of my biggest concerns when we went to Singapore and to Tokyo was the language barrier. Now in Singapore, English is one of their three official languages. So almost everyone speaks English, but in Tokyo, not so much. A lot of people speak English, but if you go outside of Tokyo, like Kyoto, they don't speak English and none of their signage is English. So the other beautiful thing about this app is you can take a picture from the app of a sign and it will translate it. It will translate the sign on your phone to English. So if you're like at a bus station and you are trying to find your, or your train station and you're trying to find your train to Kyoto, but you can't read Japanese, you just hold your Google Translate phone up to the schedule and you take a picture And you don't even actually have to take a picture. It will just translate the sign and you can find where you need to go for your bus. 
or your train. That is so cool. And I can see why that's your pick of the week because it really is helpful when you are feeling overwhelmed in a country not familiar and you cannot communicate with anybody. Right. Like you get in an Uber and you want to go somewhere. You just show them your phone. You type it in in English where you're going. It translates it to Japanese or to Portuguese and they just read your phone and they take you right to where you have to go. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Yeah, I love that pick of the week. So thank you for sharing that. I was just thinking as we were talking and our friend did introduce us to another app that was helpful, but kind of a little late, but he had a currency converter. And so when we were traveling, it was nice to have him there because we would put in the the amount and then it would translate into what it was. Well, that's great unless you have the wrong currency. I remember we were in (laughs) Brazil and I think we were still doing Argentinian, that's even a thing, currency. And so I bought something and I thought it was like $300, but I got it wrong, the wrong currency, and it was like $900. Right. I haven't broke that news to Rob yet. Not that he's really going to care, but like I was like, whoops, that was a big mistake, Michelle. You need to pay more attention. But that app was great too. And I'm going to look it up and see if I can identify what it was. Do you remember what it's called? Um, Don't write off the top of my head, but while you're looking, I can share. Oh, you got it. It's E. And yeah, and I once I got that app, I used it all the time. So easy. So easy. Incredibly easy. Just make sure you're putting in the right currency for where you're at. Right. And as long as you do that, it's flawless. Yeah. Same with Google Translate. Put in the right language that you want to translate to. (laughs) Yeah. It wouldn't help if you were like in Portugal and you put in French or something. That that would be very helpful. Okay. Well, your pick of the weeks were very wonderful for traveling, for living life abroad. Mine is a little simpler, but I'm wondering where this was all my life. It was introduced to me, but Mm -hmm. I never tried it. But I would like to say (laughs) I was inspired by pistachio ice cream. (laughs) My dad has always loved it. That is his favorite ice cream. And I always used to look at him like, yeah, I like pistachios, but not like in ice cream. But I was somewhere and it came in the Sunday. Like, what a weird flavor ice cream for a Sunday. And I took one bite and I was hooked. Mm. Yeah. I yes. liked pistachios in their original form. And now I know I like them in ice cream too. Not That's as grandiose great. or life changing as your things, but life changing for me because now I can eat more ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've broadened your palate. Yeah, I can move on from chocolate. So there you go. Well, with those pick of the week shared, why don't we jump into our cruise? Okay. So our cruise, our vacation that we were looking forward to for about 18 months. We have a lot to unpack here. And (laughs) why don't we just start with the struggles getting- That's easy enough. (laughs) To Buenos Aires. Why don't we just list everything that went wrong and was providing a hurdle to us? For for basic me, 
because I don't know if anyone else had any hurdles like I did. Not like you did. Not like you did. But Rob was very sick the beginning of December. Then, you know, we had the Christmas and the holidays. Everybody on the ship, everybody going to Brazil was dealing with visa issues. So that was a huge stressor. We didn't know if those were going to come through. And if they didn't come through, what did that mean for our cruise investment? And I was sure that Brazil would lift that restriction or push it down the the timeline, which they finally did. But it caused a lot of stress for all of us as we're trying to think of a backup plan. How do we handle this? Do we go and stay on the ship? What do we do? Let's be clear. It was a Brazilian cruise. We had like 15 days in Brazil. So if we didn't have our visa, we couldn't have gotten off the ship for 15 days. And I really debated not going at all. If our And my visa came through. Jeff's never came through. His just kind of sat in limbo. And so he would have had to stay on the ship for 15 days had they not lifted that requirement. And that would have been miserable. But I think he would have found things to do while he was there because he was really good about every day going down to the business center, getting his work done. He was playing the games. He would go to the spa. But still, that's a long time not to put your feet on ground. Well, and it's a lot of money to invest in a cruise to a specific place that you can't actually ever see. Exactly. my bigger issue. It's like we put a lot of money into that cruise and – if you can't ever get off the ship to see where you're at, it's like, it's a colossal waste of money. It sure is. But at that time, as Rob said, it's a sunk cost. Like we've already put the money out there. So he was intending to go, even if we couldn't get off the ship, which he would have loved that because (laughs) (laughs) he is a fan favorite on the ship. Everybody loves him. Everybody knows him. He plays all the games. He's just social. Right. So that was hurdle number one. But again, that wasn't limited just to us. That was Brazil-wide. Anyone going to Brazil had this issue. But then, Suzanne, why don't you share some of the hurdles that you had to jump over to get to Uh, this cruise? Well, we're going to start with my health. Because about a week, I don't know if it was a week, 10 days before the cruise, I thought I had broken a tooth. So I went to the dentist, and this was over the holidays because it happened when I was visiting my daughter in Atlanta. So when we got back to Phoenix, went to the dentist, they said, actually, you didn't break a tooth. An old filling fell out of your tooth. And so they were going to do a root canal until they discovered that the old mercury filling was lodged behind the tooth next to it past the gum line and they couldn't get that filling out and it was actually pretty infected and so the dentist recommended that they pull the tooth that had the mercury filling lodged behind it because the mercury was leaching into my body and and it was there was an infection going on and I was leaving for South America for 30 days And he kept saying, we don't want you to deal with this while you're in South America. So we're going to pull both teeth, one that lost the filling and the one next to it where the mercury filling was lodged behind it. So 
I miserable. Had, ah, yeah, yuck. Yep. Two teeth pulled, stitches, antibiotics, everything. And I was supposed to leave on a cruise a week later. And it's like, and how am I supposed to eat without these teeth and pain from stitches and extraction? So I wasn't very happy, but I thought, okay, I have a week. Well, two days after that, I got COVID. Yeah. And I got COVID quick and I got COVID hard. And I still had a week before we were supposed to leave. Not quite a week. And I'm like, uh oh, because <laughs> I could, the first two days after it hit me, I mean, I was down for the count. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get off the sofa. Ugh, it was awful. And so I I'm just like gonna, and my mouth hurt. I bet. And I'm just gonna interject here because the episode that aired right before this one, you recorded mm-hmm. that with COVID. You had just found out that morning you had COVID. You did say, on that episode, it's a cold, but it was COVID. And I was a little freaked out because I didn't get to see you very long, but I had seen you <laughs> the day you came down with it. So then I'm like, oh, right. shit, what do I do? Do I call the doctor's office, say I have COVID, get a Paxlovid prescription just to take with me on the cruise? I never did get anything, but yeah, well, that was very stressful and was, dealing with it. You have it. Yes. And I tried to get Paxlovid and I wasn't eligible. And I'm like, I'm leaving on cruise. And she said, well, you may have to just cancel your trip because you have to be eligible to get Paxlovid. They don't tell you that in the ads on TV that say, get Paxlovid if you get COVID. And COVID, it's expensive. It's not covered by insurance anymore. At least it wasn't covered when Rob had COVID recently. And so here I am stuck with COVID. And this is how fast it hit because I spent the morning with you. We had lunch together. I dropped you back off at the hotel and I was fine. I, even with my pulled teeth and my swollen cheek and my stitches, I was fine. And by four o'clock in the afternoon, I was feeling congested. And by the time I went to bed, Jeff was saying, I hope you don't have COVID. And I said to him, I don't have COVID. And I woke up the next morning and I had COVID. And then Jeff's pissed. He's packing up and moving out of the house to go to a hotel. He he did. He went to a hotel for the rest of the week. And fortunately, he had been at the hotel with you and Rob for business for two days. So he wasn't exposed to me at all for the two days since And that's why I didn't go to the business event because I had had my teeth pulled. So I just stayed home. So he wasn't exposed to me. And then he went straight to a hotel. I didn't see him for the rest of the week. And then we were supposed to leave on a Sunday and the ship and fly into Buenos Aires. Well, I was still sick on Sunday. So the ship wasn't sailing till Thursday. So we ended up changing our flights till Wednesday, hoping I would be past COVID. And fortunately, by Tuesday, and it had been a full week, I hadn't had any symptoms. My symptoms were gone, no fever, and I was better. And I'm not going to lie, I did not take a follow-up COVID test because it's like, okay, well, if I still test positive, but I have no symptoms, then I have a, a decision to make. Right. And And you went to your doctor and they said once the fever subsided, give it so many days. And you had given it that many days. 48 hours. 48 hours from when you aren't running a fever 
without medication. So without Tylenol or aspirin or anything, if you can not have a fever for 48 hours, then you are no longer contagious. And I was easily in that range by, so it hit hard, it hit fast, and it, I got over it quickly. And by the grace of God, we got on our flight on Wednesday. We made it. We got on this ship. Well, with a few other little hiccups along the way. Well, why don't you share the next thing that happened to you? So you've had these teeth pulled, you survived COVID, your bags are packed, you fly from Phoenix to Atlanta, Atlanta to Buenos Aires, Mm -hmm. you get to the cruise port, they have to scan your bags. Customs, your bags, which I did not know, but you have to scan your bags. They go through customs before they put them on the ship. And so they scanned my biggest bag, which weighed like 52 pounds. And 52, um, Suzanne. (laughs) Going in, it was like 52. Coming out, it was 68. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. But but they call me over and say, it looks like you have uh, some sort of weapon in your bag. Will you open your bag for us? And show us, you know, where it is in the bag. And I'm thinking, I don't have a weapon. Well, I had a corkscrew and that, so they had to confiscate the corkscrew. But what happened when I opened my bag is everything fell out and I have zippered, you know, so when you open your bag, it's double-sided and it's zippered. So nothing ever falls out, but someone had ransacked my bag along the way and stolen my toiletry bags, which also contained my jewelry. Now, fortunately, I only had two pieces of jewelry that were worth anything. And the rest of my jewelry was, you know, junk, basically, for anyone who's trying to steal jewelry. But I lost my jewelry, lost my toiletries, and I lost several pieces, articles of clothing because they were in a hurry. They ransacked it. They threw everything back in, closed the suitcase, and... A lot did not make it back into the suitcase. Suzanne, that had to feel completely violating to have somebody go through and like touch your stuff with their grimy hands and take that from you. Not only did you lose your jewelry, but you had your facial products in there, which (laughs) they are not cheap. No, facial products, sunscreen, not my prescription medication, but you know, all of the emergency things in case you get COVID, you know, in case you get traveler's diarrhea, in case you get seasick, in case you get a headache. All of that was in those bags too. And so, yeah, I was scrambling hair products, you know, so anything I used to style my hair, gone. Uh, And along the way during the trip, I kept finding things that it's like, where did, why is this not here? And I realized it just didn't make it back into my suitcase when they ransacked it. And so I did lose a few key things that I really miss. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you this question because I know all the listeners are thinking it. Why didn't you put your jewelry in your carry-on? Didn't even occur to me. Okay. <laughs> Frankly, well, because basically I thought of it as, you know, inexpensive jewelry. And I had one ring that I think I threw in at the last minute and a pair of earrings that Jeff had given me for Christmas that I had never worn. And the rest of it was like, yeah, I can just throw it in this bag. And my carry-ons were packed to the brim too. Not like jewelry takes up a lot of room, but 
didn't even occur to me. Just like it never occurred to me to lock my checked bags. I've never locked my checked bags. I've never had this issue before. And I never put things like my computer or my medication or money in my checked bags. But this time, and now I know why. I mean, it's just, you should lock your bag or you should not put anything you care about in the checked bag. Which is hard to do because I get very stressed out sometimes if I put anything worth value in a check bag, but sometimes that's my only option. But I always do carry my jewelry with me because I would get heart sick if something were taken like that. So will you pack jewelry in your carry-on moving forward or nice jewelry? I will wear my jewelry. I will not carry oh, jewelry. Oh, even smarter. Or I'm that's a, even a, how do I say that? That is a smart decision. I don't wear jewelry. I wear the same pair of earrings night and day. I wear one necklace night and day. Why take other jewelry? Don't need it. And so I will from now on just not wear pack jewelry. Okay. Well, I do want to have you share Katie's comment, your daughter's comment for the win. What was she super concerned about? Do you remember what she said? No, you remind me because she was super concerned that all of your face products were taken. And she said, borrow them from Michelle. What's Michelle doing? And I'm like, good girl, Katie. Like you knew that I was prepared. I had an extra suitcase and basically all it had in it was my facial products. And then like all the medicines that I purchased after you got sick, like vitamin C, airborne, you know, Pepto-Bismol, all of those things in a bag to itself <laughs> because <laughs> my backs were getting awfully heavy. Yes, and worked out great. Although we really didn't need much of the medications that we brought along. We had very smooth sailing. We did. Once everybody was on the ship, things went smooth for a while. But the rest of the story is going to have to wait until next week because we're already over <laughs> our time limit and we haven't even closed out. So I hate to leave like a cliffhanger, because believe me, this is a cliffhanger. You're going to hear the good part of our trip and how it went until it didn't. And we're going to share all of that in next week's episode because we don't have time right now. I know. I can't believe we. I took up all the time telling about our disastrous start to the cruise. Well, it all plays in. Believe me, this is it all going to tie back together in a way that you're going to be like, oh, okay, I get why they spent so much time talking about it, especially me, because I believe in signs from the universe. And if those weren't signs, (laughs) I don't know what would be. Right. Exactly. Well, let's close this episode out. And next week, we will tell you the rest of the story behind the cruise, like Paul Harvey would say, and then we'll push book club back a week. So that'll be the first week of March. Sounds good. Okay. Well, awesome. Here we are at the end of another episode of OJO. Again, the book that we are reading for the month of February is called Eligible by Curtis Sittenfield. It is a modern day retelling of one of my favorite books, Pride and Prejudice. So I'm happy to share with my travels. I have listened to both books already, and I can't wait to have the conversation, not next week, but the week after, first week of March. Great. Have you read them, Suzanne? I've read the 
I have not reread Pride and Prejudice, but I have read Eligible. Okay. I can't wait to hear if you liked it or not. I'm not going to ask right now. I'm not going to ask yep, for a teaser because I want to share or I want to wait to have that conversation. Okay. So Suzanne, do you have a something to sip on this week? No, why don't you go ahead and take it this week and I'll have one for next week. Okay. Well, this is one of my favorite quotes and it feels so fitting here. So here you go. We didn't realize we were making memories. We just knew that we were having fun. And that is an unknown author. And until next week, everybody, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.